Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. We're going to transition, and I want us to, uh, if you're new to New Day, please know that you're welcome here. If I didn't get a chance to meet you, hopefully I get to greet you at, at the end of the service, but... Would you say this aloud together with me? For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray for that enlightenment thing that happens, that you would just shine by your very spirit on this whole concept of this verse that we have been adopted, that we're orphans no more, that the Spirit of the Father has drawn us. Open our eyes, open the eyes of our understanding to this. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We've been on a a good long journey this year that started in January that we call Highway to Grace because we've been in in a transition time of learning to, um, to be a, a, a really, I think, we haven't changed identities, but to, to be uh, what's known as a grace-oriented church, and whatever that means, we believe in the grace of God. I believe in the gospel. That's what the grace of God is. It's, it's not something new. It's not something fancy. It's not something dull. It's not something, it's just grace. Grace crashes the borders of our heart. And so if you're wondering about all that, I encourage you, go back and listen to some of the archive messages on our website. And that's at newdaykc.org. And if you just put that in, it'll take you there and you can listen to them. Um, as, we, as we've gone through this journey, I've been speaking about eternal security and, uh, and what that means. And the reason I spent so much time talking about it is because of doing the work of pastoring, of meeting with people, and hearing how often people who love God with all their hearts are insecure in their relationship with them. And I was going, where does that come from? How does that get, you know, and actually it comes from us and things we were taught and things that we were told and the things of you got to have the nine steps to intimacy and you have to have the seven steps of understanding how to proclaim your inheritance in God. And we made it really hard. And God's really easy. God's really easy. My burden is, my yoke is easy. God's really easy. He likes to reveal himself as a father. And he wants our hearts to be secure in that. So we've been talking about eternal security, but eternal security is now. You, you understand you're an eternal being now. There's not something that's going to happen except for the resurrection of the dead, but there's not something more that needs to happen to you. You're an eternal being now. If Christ lives in you, that is an eternal spirit. And here's what 1 Corinthians 6 says. The person that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. 
So that means your spirit is eternal right now. I'm an eternal being now. You know, we always talk about spiritual experiences. Actually, we're spiritual beings having human experiences. But we like to, we see it backwards. We see ourselves as human beings having spiritual experiences. But we got to unlearn that and really be people of the Spirit. With that, some of the insecurities we, we have in mind that, and I don't know how you've been taught or what you're taught, but there's always something else I need to get me through this. There's something I'm missing, and if I don't get that, I'm going to miss out. I have good news for you. It's finished. Jesus Christ is complete, and so are you. I don't feel complete. Let me read a passage of scripture to you. It's found in Colossians 2. Because this is designed to secure our hearts in our relationship to God. And we'll talk more about relationship in a minute. So I'm going to start in verse 6. Listen to this. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How did you receive him? So that's how you walk in it. it. It's in faith. By faith, through faith, in faith. There's no special thing that you have to get to do it. You just received it. You went, oh, I believe you. Well, keep believing. John Wimber put it this way. He said, the way on was the way in. As we came into Christ, the way to go on in Christ is the same way. It's not hard. No matter how many of us preachers often made it hard. I want to make it really simple for you. Listen to this. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Here comes a warning. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's really, it's, it's, I could take a whole hour to explain that, but that's a really important thing. And listen to verse 10. Because what he just said about God, he's now going to say about you. And you are complete in him. who is the head of all principality and power. You're not missing something. You, listen, this should anchor us so securely in the love of God that him fully, the fullness of God says to you, I like you. No, I really like you. I love you and I find you completely compatible. You don't have to do something to get relationship. You have relationship through a thing called sonship. 
So you've got to unlearn some things because we were taught to have sonship through relationship backwards. I got to do some things so I can get okay, so I got the right borders, so I can sneak through that hole in the chain link fence because I really don't want to go through the gate because look at the requirements there. Are you following me? We, we do this stuff to train. You're complete. Come on in. No chain link fence. Honest. Promise. It's not there. It's an imagination here. Either from what we were taught or what we thought or how it was presented. So let's do this. Let's blow up the chain link fence. No more borderlands. You listen to John Mark McMillan? Anybody, anybody else listen to John Mark McMillan? Okay, if the rest of you don't go out and buy borderlands, no, I'm just kidding. You're not getting in. It's just, you really ought to hear what he has to say. He's probably one of the most dynamic preachers out there today. Wait, that rhymed. Write that down. It's two verses of my next song. Listen to this quote, and, and my friend Mark Hendrickson actually put this up on Facebook, and some of you have been wondering, where are you on Facebook? I disappeared. I just, uh, I, I just can't do it right now. I find that Faceland has a lot of borderlands. This is Dr. James Richards. Who, who wrote several books. He, he's actually, uh, you know, we talk about this modern grace movement. He was one of the fathers. He was talking about this stuff in the, in the, the 1980s and 90s. And he, he wrote several books, many books, but he had one called Grace, the Power to Change. And I, I want to read a quote that my friend Mark put up on Facebook from Dr. Richards. By the way, he doesn't really like to call himself as just Jim Richards, but Dr. James Richard, somehow it gives it more something bigger, better. One of the most disbelieved scriptures in the entire Bible is found in Colossians 2.10. That's the one where it says, and you are complete in him. This is the root of unbelief that gives rise to all of our struggles. When we do not believe we are complete in him, we spend our every effort trying to become who God already says we are. We use our, quote, faith to get what God says we already have. By the way, that was the lie in the beginning in the garden, you know. That, that's what he actually got Adam and Eve to partake in is that they could be something like unto God, but they already were. They already were like God. See the, the trick of the mind? Still going on today. All right, I'll go back to this. Our prayer life is consumed with asking God to do what he has already done through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We keep asking him to do these things. Change my heart, he did. Change my life, he did. 
Change, give me more faith. It's already there. We keep asking him to do things that are already there. So he says this, break the power of lack by persuading your own heart that you are complete in him. Memorize, meditate on, sing, say, and worship every scriptural promise that tells you what is yours in Jesus. And by the way, every promise God ever made to anyone is yours in Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 1.20. All the promises of God are for you and I. Lose yourself in him. Immerse yourself so deeply in your identity in him that you have no sense of self outside of Christ. No lack can live in a heart that is complete. It's a a trick of the mind. I don't have all money, but I live like a king. It's, it's not stuff that, it's, it's not stuff, it's him. It's really him. So the central issue with all of this, of seeing ourselves as complete in him, goes back to our identity in Christ. I used to go through this, and I don't know if you've done this, but I used to go through this thing where Christ was Jesus' last name. It was a way of formally addressing him. Maybe it was the religion that I grew up with as a, as a young man or as a teenager or maybe even as a kid. But it, Christ just seemed so formal, so religious. Jesus the Christ, you know, it's Jesus Christ. And then when my dad used it, I was pretty sure it was a swear word. <laughs> Did you have that? Can you... Are you identifying with this at all? Like Christ seems religious. It's not. It's really not. When you start embracing what it means to be in Christ, I'm in who he is, and he's in me, and I in him, and we are all together. You can sing Beatles songs to it. And he doesn't get weirded out. He likes it. He likes music. He likes song. He likes dance. He likes fun. He likes family. He likes real identities. He likes it when you look like him. Because that's who he created you to be. When we look in a mirror, we're supposed to see Christ you understand that? If you don't, ask for the revelation of it if you really want to get, ask for that completeness to come. Instead of praying, oh, let me see Jesus, go look in the mirror. He wants to shine right through you. But you don't know what a mess my life is. I don't care. (laughs) Not in the pastoral sense. We're to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. So I don't mean it that way, but I do mean it in the big way, in the identity way. Who I really am is not Lloyd Arthur Rindles. I have a, I have a good friend who always says, Touch me too. he'll get on the phone, he'll say, hey, Lloyd Jesus. You ought to respond to that sometime. 
You know what I finally started to do? I said, yeah, what's going on, JJ? That was for John Jesus. You guys are weird. Come on in, the water's fine. Come on in, my heart's free. How about you? You want to do an old junior high yell? I got spirit. Yes, I do. I got spirit. How about? That's a little bit too childish. Oh, we'll get to that part. When's the last time you got in a food fight with each other? When's the last time you had fun? I know not everyone comes from a family background that's secure and rooted in love. I deeply understand that. I know that. I was that. I understand it completely. And I'm not, disminish- I'm not trying to, re- I would release you from your victimhood in Christ, but I'm not trying to diminish what you went through. I'm not trying to set aside, but really, let all bitterness be gone out of your heart. And I know it's hard, but I also know it's real, and we're complete in him. So just listen to me today. Even if you had a bad family background, and your family didn't have you secure and rooted in the love of God, it's this way. Start to look at it. Isn't it interesting that within the Godhood, remember what we just read, that family relationship isn't just implied. It's clearly openly stated in the Gospels and that Jesus referred to God as his personal pronoun, Father. See, part of it is, is we're familiar with religious language today. Do you understand that when Jesus came and talked about God as Father, that was like Paul, the crazy Irishman, talking to William Wallace. Do you remember the scene? How many of you seen Braveheart? So, Paul, who I love, he's my favorite character in the whole thing, the crazy Irishman, does this. William Wallace is asking him questions because he's a little unsure of who he is and like, eh, is he coming to do me in or whatever? And Paul just starts talking to God. He goes, yes, Father. Yes, I'll take care of him. He says, do you make yourself out to be one with God? He goes, I. Do you have an I in you? I. Yeah, you got it. That's who I am. He was very secure in his identity. He knew what he possessed. It's my island. He knew. He was complete. He was whole. He wasn't afraid of life. I mean, that little character in there, this is where, see, he should have won an Academy Award. He, he knew because he equated God as his father. He was one with him and he didn't doubt it. This revelation that Jesus brought of God as Father was stunning. We're used to it now. We're used to saying, pray, Father God. I, you know, and I, I'm not, 
like I'm not casting stone at anybody's prayers or anything, but do you understand how deeply revolutionary it is to call God Father? And what that implies, that makes you child. That makes you son or daughter, and they're equal. Remember what Paul taught in the gospel, in the in Christ, there is no longer male or female, Jew or Greek. He says, oh, those were made one in Christ. He doesn't exalt one over the other, and I refuse any teaching that says so. Jesus referred to God as his father and himself as God's son. It's actually what he was crucified for. You see, we'd like to go through doctrinal stuff and say Jesus died for sin, and Paul explained all that, but you know why they killed him. He made himself out to be one with God. He was complete. He didn't see himself lacking. Listen to it. God is such a perfect father. Perfect family guy. Listen to Ephesians 3. We pray this, but I don't think we really hear what it's saying. For this reason, Paul said, he's writing to a church, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Not families, not your lineage, his. From whom the whole family. Look around. That's why I broke you down last week into small, or a couple of weeks ago into small groups. No, really, you can look around. I know this isn't ideal because you got like chairs in a row and stuff. You know, you want to sing old rock songs, old pop songs? We are. Well, a couple of us know it. You and I, Selene, you teach me how to sing it in Spanish, girl. Family then begins with this. And this is what it means to be born again. The spirit of adoption. To be adopted into God's family. You, not will be, have been adopted. That very scripture that we read from Romans 8.15. Now listen to the rest of them following. That's why I only read part of it. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Kids cry out to dad. Dad! Papa! And they want to play with him. And they want him to get down and play with little trucks in the dirt. Or pull out the Barbie and straighten out her hair. My granddaughter came out to the, to the pond that I sit by the other day. And she said, can I do your hair? She's three and a half. I went, yes. Why did I say it that way? Because I wanted her to know she can always come to her grandfather and do his hair. Even if it looks weird when she's done. It looks weird enough without it. 
The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. We are children of God, and if children, then heirs and heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. I'm not going to scam you. There's some suffering that goes on with getting identified this way. People will look at you very strange. Some of the other people that teach the same stuff you do, but in a different way, will say, you're a heretic. There's sufferings, but, but it's not talking about that you have to live in agony without. I'm complete in him. Galatians 4.4, 4. when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out again, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And you've heard me say a lot this summer. I'll keep saying it over and over and over again. This is Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones saying what is true of him is true of you. What is true of Christ is true of you. You're joined. Nothing can separate it. Ephesians 1.3 puts it this way. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons. Now, by Jesus Christ himself, Let me finish it, and then I want to come back to that. According to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. This predestined thing, and I know you may or may not like predestination, whatever your viewpoint is, honestly, I don't care. But this I know. Before the foundations of the world were laid, before he spoke Venus into being, he had in mind a relationship with you that said, my daughter, this is the one I love. I will give my entire being for her. That's stunning. That's stunning. Before all the ugh that happened, of human history, he had you in mind as his child, as a son or daughter. What, what then do I have to do? How do I tell me? Tell me what the borders are. Tell, I, want, I don't want to mess this up again. I've messed up so many dang things in my life. Notice I didn't say damn. I said dang. We like to curse ourselves, don't we? We like to identify ourselves with something that we're not. And, and we're, so, we're, we're afraid of everything, including language. I've got to get it the right way. I've got to do that. 
Did you teach your little one to talk? You know what it usually starts with? Dada. Or mama. Come on, dada. Come on, say it, dada. Wave at me. Da, 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 da. Come on, you can say it, da, da, da. Real hard, isn't it? No, it's not. Well, let me explain to you the grammar of language and the language of grammar. Now, the I is the subject. You don't do that. You don't do that with the child. You goo and you baby talk. Here's what we got to do. We got to unlearn a bunch of things. Go on a journey with me and unlearn some things. The unlearning is this. Remember the spirit of adoption? Here's the spirit that fights it. The orphan spirit. That idea inside of myself that I'm not complete in him. That I have to do something to be okay. It's a... It's an orphan mentality that often is reinforced by religion, even our own thoughts. You don't even have to be taught it. It's like we've been taught to live this negotiated life. To be an orphan means to be fatherless. Do you know know that that's how they refer in the natural to orphans? And I'm not diminishing man-woman stuff or male-female or anything, but if someone is an orphan, it means they don't have a dad. They don't have a father. That's how they become orphans. And fatherlessness is a strange thing. It means being without one. And you can have a dad there and be an orphan. In the natural The father can be present and not there. That's why so many, even though they actually weren't fatherless, still display some of the distinct characteristics of orphanhood. We have that thing within us, and I'm going to just talk about a few of them, but um, it's often reflected in this. And just think about your own life right now, because I want you to unlearn being this way. And if some of you go, yeah, but you didn't know. Oh, yes, I did. Ask my wife. So I, you know, it's, um, and when God heals you, it's completely different. But I I understand if you grew up, and, and I know I'm touching very insecure places this morning, but if you grew up in an abusive home, I understand it. I lived it. And God is my father. And if he's my father, he can be your father too. So just listen to me this morning. It's often reflected, doesn't have to be reflected in these things, but it's often reflected in insecurity, shame, shyness. Not all shyness, but it's often reflected in that. Lack of faith, unbelief, arrogance, mistrust of others, being a loner, being a negotiator. How to manipulate. Those all are characteristics of, a, of that orphan mentality. Doesn't have to be. Sometimes people are just like on the shyness. Some people are just naturally shy. 
doesn't have to be on the loner stuff. Some people are naturally alone, but I know where my loner stuff came from. Orphans learn how to do two things, fight and hide. You fight when you have to, and you hide most of the time. Usually orphans have little secret stashes. All all the time. Mine was on a railroad track, and I learned to walk out on this railroad trestle that went over the river. And, of course, the railroad trestle had four very, pretty wide river, had four very distinct concrete piers that held up the railroad tracks and the railroad bridge. Well, mine was, and I taught my little rat terrier dog, Pepper, to join me. I would walk out to the middle of that railroad bridge. Now, mind you, I was, I don't know, I'm typical of abuse child, so everything stopped at nine for me. I don't know, everything seemed to have happened at nine. I'm sure it didn't, but nine was the age. But I, w- I would go out there get Pepper to go with me, and I would jump down on that middle pier, and then I could just squeeze between the girders. And there was my stuff. There was my secret place, my little getaway where nobody could touch me. And I would keep little doggy treats for Pepper, and I would keep little doggy treats for Lloyd, including the stolen cigarettes from my dad. <laughs> Salem's of all... Oh, oh, oh. Well, any cigarette, but if you smoke, I'm sorry. Where the heck are all my cigarettes going? I don't know. Well, yes, I did. And I could also get away from the voice. Do you know the voice? For me, it sounded like this. Lloyd! Do you know that voice? I would hear that. Feet don't fail me now. Matter of fact, through learned behavior, if the car was 15 minutes late from him coming home from work, river time, hiding place, Yeah, orphans learn how to hide. They even learn how to hide from who they really are. They learn how to play games and fantasies. They also learn how to live. Remember what I started with, in him you are complete? Listen to what Jesus said in John 14. If you ever think that you feel like an orphan, listen to this. I will pray the Father. Isn't it interesting how he says that? He didn't say to the Father. I will pray the Father. You really got to break that down and get it wrapped into your head and let it penetrate all those little cobweb places now after I described hiding. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you comes security forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, not as orphans. I will not leave you orphans.
I will come to you. He didn't even ask your permission. It's really wonderful when God doesn't ask your permission and just invades all those little secret places that you built. Have you had him do that yet? Oh, he discombobulates everything. Every idea, every little religious form you have, every little border you've put up, he just wants to smash to smithereens. Even the things that you did to protect yourself. To be an orphan means no inheritance. Orphans become negotiators because they're sure they don't deserve anything. Sound familiar? They have to be self-made because they have to fight for everything they get. Do you remember the story of the prodigal? He turned himself into an orphan. He's such a picture of you and I. Though he had a father, he tried to live life without him. Even after he came to his senses, the first things he wants to do is do what? Negotiate. Huh. In my father's house, servants have it really good. I'm pretty sick of, uh, like, eating pig slop. Any of you grow up in farm country? There's my homie. We, we, Miss Bush, you and I, we understand hog farming. Pew. Really bad pew. Not only just the idea, the Jewish idea of the unclean animal. Pigs stink. They like it. They like to stink. And if you even slightly hang out with them, you stink too. Can you imagine him running home? So the father sets up the border. He says, son, first thing you got to do is take a bath. Whoa. Like, uh, I can tell where you've been, son. Like, you've been hanging out with pigs. That is a very distinct order. I'm serious in this. You drive through Iowa, you will know when you come within a mile of a pig farm. He doesn't do that. We all know this story so well. When he sees the kid enter the borderlands, it's right outside of where the gate is. He goes running. He smelled him. Runs right past the smell. Grabs him, throws his arms around him, puts a robe. Doesn't say, hey, you got to get cleaned up first. Doesn't do any of that. He's just a family guy. Ephesians 1 says, in him we've obtained an inheritance. Colossians 1 says that he, thank God, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of saints and the lights. And we still act like lost boys. Do you know the story of Neverland? You've probably seen eight, nine renditions of it. It's, it's such an, 
incredible story, the guy who wrote it. Beyond that, and Robin Williams' passing, my favorite Peter Pan movie about Neverland is Hook. I love everything about it. It restores childlikeness to me. It's everything about God the Father I like. It's everything about even the adventure of being a lost boy is like. But you know, when lost boys grow up, they become pirates or lawyers. <laughs> Oop, that's redundant. Sorry if there's any attorneys out there. We're going we're gonna to watch a clip from that. But you see, in that movie, it's all about just learning to be a kid again. And it's okay because we're all lost boys. It's about being an orphan. It's about breaking the orphan mentality and the orphan spirit. See, orphans become self-protective and they lose the innocence of faith. They lose their childlikeness. Their attitude toward themselves and others is, grow up! I have the opposite attitude. Be a kid! There's one scene on the airport before Peter Panning go, gets pulled back into Neverland for the great adventure of life, not death. By the way, if you watch this Robin Williams movie now, you're probably going to really freak out over what happened. There's little kids messing in the airport and banging on stuff, and it knocks the mask down. He goes, stop acting like a kid! The kid goes, I am a kid. How can I stop acting like one? So here's my message today. Start acting like a kid. Have fun. Rejoice. One quick story. Let me call the worship team up because we need to take communion over this. Listen. When Tanner, my oldest, was, I don't know, three or four, and it's just at the time when kids learn how to skip. Do you remember that? If those of you who are parents, do you remember that time? When, and it's so much fun. Learning how to skip is like, it's huge because you're not just walking and you're not really running. And so like, I had, uh, I had resigned my great political career and gone into ministry, which was even a greater <coughs> career. Boy, it was a lot of work. No, never. And very distinguished. And at the church I was at, we used to wear jackets and ties to church because it was Sunday. Now, there's nothing wrong with dressing up. You want to wear a jacket and a tie, you do it. You're always welcome to do it here. Yeah. But I was outside of church one day, and I'd been learning, teaching, and engaging Tanner on how to skip. And after church one day, in the parking lot, he comes up to me. He says, Dad, let's skip. And all the church folks were out there. Dad, let's skip. Well, not right now. We'll do that when we get home. No, I want to do it now. <laughs> really? You want to skip now? Okay. You really want to skip? <laughs> you look so foolish. Yep. 
I would be a fool for my four-year-old. Would you? God would be a fool for you. He chose the foolish things of the earth to confound the wise. We forgot who we are. We deeply forgot who we are. Here's the only job of preaching. I want to remind you of who you are. We're supposed to be family here. I like it that nothing worked right this morning. So what? Wait a second, we got to hook that up right. So what? When we're so slick and polished that we can't be family, we've lost it, you guys. You don't care about that stuff anymore. Would you join me? Come back and be family. Come back to grace. Grab friends. Grab family members. Come back to grace. Look at this scene. This is from Hook. This is, uh, let me give you a little preempt for this. So Peter Panning, who's now all grown up because he left Neverland, and he's an attorney, and he has to go back and rescue his children from Hook. And the rest of the Lost Boys can't recognize him, and they've tried to play a whole series of games because if he's really the Pan, he'll know how to play. But he's not getting it. He gets mad, and he doesn't know how to prove who he is. And the kids, the lost boys, all the orphans, they're trying to decide, who is this guy? And then this happens.
This is what community is, and a community of believers that believe about this identity in Christ thing. We help each other. (laughs) Oh, there you are. See, we lose our ways. We're taught by religion this orphan mentality. We're, We're taught how not to be. We're taught the nine steps that we gotta do. I want family here to be something different. I pick on Jim because he's my good friend. He and I have lunch together regularly. There you are. I don't even have to make him smile. He smiles. Oh, there you are. What's the goal of church? Family. 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 It's the goal of life in God. Family. What was the purpose of salvation? Family. Come on back to the Father's house. Matter of fact, you'll beat the Father's house. In my Father's house, are many mansions. The mansion's you, not a place. You're the mansion. In my Father's house are many mansions. I'm the house you're supposed to come play dress up in. I accept you just in your child likeness. We accept each other. Well, that means there's no borders. Listen, we don't want to hurt each other. I understand all those things. That's not what I'm saying. We always used language about it. We want to be a house of friends. Why don't you just be kids and believe? Young and old. Like like Peter Pan, I want to go out crowing. And not worry about whether you like it or not. I want to crow. I want to dance. I want to sing. I want to rejoice. I want to have fun. Come to the picnic. Come to the Father's house. It's safe. If you want to make any commitment in your heart, be safe for somebody else. Really be safe for somebody else. Don't make it hard for them. Isn't that what church is? Some of you are looking at me like it's language from far away. Have you lost your marbles? Do you know what the marbles were in that movie? They were happy thoughts. Toodles was a crazy old man because he lost his marbles. The The one child in this movie, as soon as this scene's over with, he goes, hey, Peter, 
Toodles left his marbles here and he needs to get them. They're all his happy thoughts. Lost the wrong identity. Oh, Toodles. That was a Toodle. Crazy with religion. Still a Toodle. Lost my bag of marbles. Here's here's a happy thought. No requirements. No borders. Don't live outside the chain link fence. Don't be a lost boy or girl anymore. You got a pocket full of fairy dust. Come on in. What's your best happy thought? Some of us, it's helping others. For some of us, just being secure. For some of us, it's receiving the love of Christ. I was supposed to give this word at the beginning of the service, and I didn't. So I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to give it now. What, What are you letting the enemy steal? The enemy comes to kill steal and destroy he's the thief what are you letting him take from you I've given it all to you because I am your all in me you are complete I have everything I have everything are you letting him steal your time are you letting him take your joy Are you letting him rob you of your trust? Are you letting him cloud the thoughts of the future with doubt and fear? Are you letting him give you a future that is not the future I'm giving you? Believe. Believe that you are complete in me and believe that I am the way, the truth and the life and that in me you will arrive where you need to be with me. In fact, you are with me now as you will be with me forever. Let me restore to you the things that the enemy has robbed you of and taken from you and hidden All those things are yours forever and they will be yours in that kingdom, but they're yours now. Don't let him lie. Don't let him lie. Don't believe him. I'm telling you the truth. All that the Father has is yours.
Michael's going to lead us in worship. Brent and I want to serve you the Lord this morning. Maybe it's been a long time since you've actually taken communion, taken Christ. It's symbolic, but it's more. It's the real fairy dust. Come on home to the Father. Maybe you have been told about steps to salvation and the right words to say, and you never said those things. I have an invitation. Come to the table of the Lord. Just come. You don't have to get all the words right. (laughs) Just say, Jesus, be my Lord. That's what Romans tells us. Just be my Lord. Just do it that way. Maybe you just took it yesterday. Come take it again. Come to the table of the Lord and get filled. And we'll just dismiss this day this way. So when you're ready, he's ready. Come receive the Lord.